Hey guys, what's up? It's Aiden Taco Jones here. You are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 13th of March, 2018. <laughs> oh, struggled through that one. Um, I hope you guys are good, man. I'm fucking, my eyes feel so tired right now. I just can't get back on a fucking level playing field here with this whole, this whole sleep thing. Um... But this weekend was fantastic. Um, show's going good. Sales are going great. Oh, I was supposed to film my show on um, on Friday. This is going to be like a gross humble brag right now. But um, I was supposed to film my show. No, on Saturday. So me and my brother, I like came home um, from doing a show in the afternoon. And my brother was here and like he had this camera set up and uh, a lapel mic for me. And we like fucked around with it in the living room for a bit, set the levels and that was all good. And then I'm going to town and uh, I knew I needed to save one, maybe two seats, like not sell them to like pull them out of the show so that he could fit in the, in the audience. And then like, so we're doing all the stuff, setting the levels here. And then I go in by myself and Dan's going to drive the car in and, you know, like do it later. And I'm like, try and be there early. And he's like, oh yeah, I'll get there like at half past. And I was like, ideally it would be like, you know, an hour before, but all right, you know, you're doing this for free. It's a favor. Go for it. Like as long as you're there. And then I get in and I realize that my show in like the hour between me finishing my afternoon show and then getting into town, my show sold out all 25 tickets and fucking, so I needed to strike like one of those chairs to fit the camera in, and uh, I'd also promised a friend to come, like that she could come in, and so she was coming from like Mount Gambia, which is like an hour away, into town, and she was already on her way, and I promised her she could get in there as well, so I'd had to get, I was like, I'll have to sneak her in, because that'd be the worst move, to like, have her come all the way down, and then be like, whoops, it's sold out, um, and then also to get my brother in, and the venue, like, I just, I was so fucking stressed, and, um, like, you know, just stressed about, like, am I going to be able to sneak her in? I asked the venue about the camera and, like, just having one extra person in there. And they were like, that's fine or whatever. Um, and then my brother calls me, um, like, 15 minutes before showtime. And he's just like, hey, man, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm not going to make it. And I was like, oh, thank fuck. Like, at least, you know, I sold out. He wasn't going to be able to fit in there. So I just snuck my friend in there. But then all the stress of like that and worrying about whether it was going to be cool with the venue if I had more people in the room than what I'm supposed to have and blah, 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 meant that um, when I actually did the show, it was no good. <laughs> it was not a good show. I mean, it was it was fine. I didn't bomb or anything, but it was just like, it was one of the shows where people go, no, it was good, rather than being like, oh, that was so good. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want people being like, no, that was great. No, you you bloody keep going, soldier. You little trooper. You keep doing your, your comedy. I I reckon you're doing a good... I reckon you're on to something here, eh? That fucking condescending, like, you know, supportive bullshit. I don't want supportive. I want overawed. I want you to metaphorically suck my dick with your praise. That's what I want. Gimme! Ugh. I feel very run down. I just, my eyes are tired, you know? Where, like, I'm, I've got that thing where, like, I can close my eyes and it's nice, but then if I, th- even when they're closed, like, they're closed right now, and I'm thinking about opening them, and they're, like, burning a bit, and they f- I feel like I want to cry, you know? Because I'm just tired, man. I just, so, um, Walmart was this weekend, 
um, which some people pronounce WOMAD, but I will maintain that it stands for World of Music and Dancing. It's not World of Music and Dancing, all right? So it's WOMAD is how it's pronounced. It's an acronym. And I know that doesn't hold any weight or like that's not a good argument, but what's your argument for it being WOMAD, all right? Yes, the, one of us has an argument and it's me. It doesn't even matter if it's good. You don't have an argument at all for it being WOMAD other than like, on, nah, come on. Nah, it's just, it's like, sounds more normal. Like, go fuck yourself. World of music and dancing. Shut up. Went to WOMAD. Went to WOMAD this weekend. Uh, did not buy a ticket. WOMAD uh, is a legendarily easy music festival to jump in. So it's like world music, right? I've been going since I was a kid. My mum and dad used to take me like every year. There's a picture of me in 95 as like a four-year-old kid uh, doing just breaking down like a mad crip walk in the grass in the middle of the day. And it's the cutest picture I've ever seen in my life, um, especially because it's of me. You know what I mean? Like if anyone else was doing that, ugh, no good. But I learned to crip walk later in my life. So clearly I had the fucking genes in me to be doing it when I was a kid, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, so... I've been going for like since I was a kid and uh, it's it used to be every two years. It's in the parklands in Adelaide and it's just like world music. You know, there's shit from everywhere. You can see stuff like from Africa or Latin American stuff. You can see Asian bands or fucking like huge fusions of like all these different styles. Um, it's incredible. And it's the kind of thing where you don't need to know any of the music that's happening. You just go and trust the programmers, which that is like the dream for a programmer of a festival or, you know, like a, like in comedy, a friend of mine runs a comedy night in London, uh, shout outs to Robin Perkins and the Laugh Train Home comedy night in Battersea and Gospel Oak. Uh, any listeners in London, fucking check that shit out. It's a great night of comedy. Um, and so when she was starting the one, the Battersea one, that was her first one, she, she used to tell me about how like, she would book acts and she needed TV credits and shit to get for the headliner so that people would come. So they'd been like seen them on TV and whatever. And they were like, okay, this is a good night because the headliner was on Love of the Apollo. But she started talking after about a year about booking headliners that hadn't been on Live at the Apollo or any TV credits or anything, but they were just as good as those acts that had. They just, for whatever reason, existed in parts of the industry that didn't, you know, go towards TV. Um... And she talked about her audience, like trusting her after such a long time, booking so many good acts that rather than coming for the name on the banner, they were coming for the brand of Laugh Train Home. That's such a fucking hard place to get to, though, as a promoter, because you have to be going for long enough and really have a an immaculate track record of all good shows, no bad shows, so that people are willing to like take a risk based on the credence of your brand you know but that's what one out of built up over all these years and it's like it's not a cheap festival man i think it's like not that i would know because i didn't fucking buy a ticket on piece of shit but i think it's like a hundred bucks for the day and maybe like 350 for the four days now i was Friday, saturday sunday monday but it's in the middle of the city so you don't camp you go home every day and uh <clears throat> my mum and dad took me every single year when I was a kid from when it was every two years. And then when it went to yearly, uh, I saw some amazing, I there. I saw John Butler there. I saw the cat empire there. I saw, um, fat Freddy's drop there before they broke lab jacked 
just like a great, mostly like the stuff that was always good was like the Scar and the real dancey stuff. Ozzy Martley I saw there with fucking Charlie Tuna from uh, from fucking Jurassic Five. Oh, huge acts, you know. Um, the Waves. Did Neil Young ever play there? <laughs> I'm probably making that up. I don't know if Neil Young played there. <laughs> the Waves definitely played there a bunch, though. Um, I've seen some phenomenal acts there. So, um, but my parents would go every year, and my mom especially was very much of the philosophy of like it doesn't matter who. Go-. People are always like, "Who's going? Who's going? What's the big like the headliner or whatever?" And my mom's like, "It's not the point. The point is to go to just." It's it's just to go and find some new stuff, you know, and like listen to the buzz, listen to what people are seeing or what people are talking about, um, and that's what you go and see. That's kind of the vibe of Wombat. And it's also real family-oriented, so you've got like kids running around. And I mean like the fact that I, would, that I was going when I was a kid speaks like volumes to that, you know. Um, and mum told me a story when I like that apparently one year when she was like in like the 90s, um, some of her friends just want the, the security was so lax because it was such a, just like a grassroots, you know, like a family run kind of festival. Um, some of her friends were just wandering through the parkland and wandered out into the festival without jumping a fence or seeing a security guard or anything. They just found themselves in the festival and they were like, what's all this? And my mum was like, oh, this is Womad. Didn't you know about this? And they were like, holy fuck. Amazing. You know, it was like this hidden gem in Adelaide for a long time. It still is to some extent, but it's getting a little bit more corporate now. I mean, that was like 20, 25 years ago. Um, so mum mom still goes for the whole weekend. Um, I have my shows Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, so I couldn't really – I'm not going to pay for a ticket those nights. Um, so I jumped the fence on Saturday um, with a mate, and we went and saw some like drum and bass DJ. It was sick though, man. It was so easy to jump the fence. It was like – People milling along on the outside. We got there at like 10.30 or something, like after my show had finished. So most people are leaving. Meanwhile, we're like going against the flow of people. Some other guy who was trying to jump the fence as well spotted us out. And he was like, are you guys doing the same thing as me? And I was like, oh, 100%, bro. Let's, let's go. Um, and yeah, we just like jumped over some fence into this like bike storage area near the river. All dark. Wandered off. Bing, bada, boom, done. Bing, bada, boom. <laughs> bada, boom, boom, bim. Bim, bada, boom, boom, ba. <laughs> I've never said bada, boom, bada, bing in my fucking life. Bing, bada, boom. <laughs> it's all the bloody bongos, mate. They get in your head. All the bongos down in... Oh, that was another picture. When I was a kid, when I was like 15, there's a picture of me with these two dudes, Henry uh, Moncrief and Miles Sly, who used to play drums at school. I used to play in the bands with them. And uh, we used to all go to Walmart together when we were in high school. And there's a fucking picture of me with my stupid long hair when I was 15, all greasy, and my green Walmart top um, sitting in a drum circle with like 15 people and like... You know, old dudes with their gross dreads and young guys and whatever. All guys. Oh, it's always all guys in a drum circle. <laughs> Maybe one girl. Maybe the drum circle started because a girl was playing the drum. And <laughs> two dudes sat down next to her and were like, let's drum for this lady's heart. <laughs> what is the genesis of a drum? Who, when does a when does two people jamming become a drum circle? Uh, like who's to blame? You know, because a drum circle is never good. It's too many cooks in the kitchen. It's never like, 
oh man, this drum circle, that all what we needed to complete this beat was that 17th b- bongo drum. <laughs> it's so bad. It's just people filling every single space on the beat. It's like no one's in time with each other and even if people are trying to hit the same beats as each other they're never gonna because they're never exactly on time because surprise surprise they're not professional drummers they're just fucking hippies most of them are stoned or hungry <laughs> they're all hungry they're either stoned and hungry or just poor and hungry fucking drum circles suck Doug Stanhope was right <clears throat> if you don't know what I'm talking about go and watch Beer Hole Putsch um, the special by legendary stand-up comedian Doug Stanhope. A fucking man, that bit that he does on drum circles is incredible. And it's so on point. I think I felt a little bit of pushback in from my heart when I first heard that bit. Because I remembered the photo of me when I was 15 in that drum circle at WOMAD. But upon reflection, yeah, they're garbage. Oh, man. When have you ever heard a drum circle and uh, and and been like, fuck, man, these guys should be... I can't believe this is... I'm seeing this free, you know? <laughs> and what, like, famous drum circles have... Like, what drum circles have gone on to tour? Like, you know when you hear of musicians and they play together just, like, for fun, and then they're like, oh, wow, this is really something. We should fucking go somewhere with this. Never happens in a drum circle because all those people are fucking losers. They can't play instruments, and no one outside of the moment likes it. Anyway, not the point. So we jump over the... We jump over the fence, and uh, we go and see this drum and bass uh, DJ. Ran into my mate Tats, who I used to go to fucking like clubbing with when I was 18, 19. Scored a few free darts off him. Um, darts are cigarettes. Do people know that? People outside Australia don't know that a dart is a cigarette. That's crazy to me. Like, just figure it out. Do you know what I mean? Like, extrapolate, surely. What else am I got? I scored a few free darts off him. Like, actual darts? Why would I want actual darts when I'm dancing on a dance floor? What thing would you score for free off of a... Why am I berating people who... Maybe no one listening to this podcast right now doesn't know what a dart is. But some people from the UK have fucking asked me, What's a dart? What are you talking about? Figure it out, surely. It's... Oh, how hard is it, man? Dart. Duma. Fucking Durry. Sports stick. Sig. I can't think of any more. People th- call them crazy shit, but surely you can just fucking figure that out, right? Is dart that crazy of a... It's a long, thin thing. Dart cigarette. I don't know. Is that where it comes from? Probably. Either that or they used to throw them at boards and score points with them in pubs. Ugh, that was stupid. Um, so we did that on Saturday. And then on, on Sunday night, went back with the same mate and... Um, we uh, we went to drop the fence in the same spot, and it just, I could kind of tell that we were going to get kicked out. There was just that feeling. We were also both real tired um, and just not really, you know, like, I don't know. It was like, it was the same time. It was Sunday night, but uh, the act that I wanted to go see was Peanut Butter Wolf, who started um, Stone, sorry, his DJ started Stone's Throw Records, which is his sick, like, hip-hop label. In uh, on the west coast of the US, he was playing, and I was like, "Fuck, amazing!" Um, but then my mom messaged me because my mom's all over all the Facebook groups for um, for Womad, and she was like, "Oh yeah, he's playing got delayed, so it's like some other DJ now." 
And uh, so I was kind of bummed about that. And then I wasn't really feeling going out and I didn't want to spend too much money and I was pretty tired. So I wasn't that down to dance, but I was like, fuck it, it's here. We can get in for free. So let's just fucking go and see what it's about. And then as we were approaching the fence, like I heard the music and I can't remember what it was, but it was a little on the corny side. Oh, that's right. It was like, the six, nine, that baseline, one more time, get low, get low, get low, get low. Get low, uh, to the window, to the wall, when it's wet, drop down my ball, all these bitches crawl, all ski ski motherfuckers, all ski ski this crawl. Shout out to the fucking uh, legendary um, Dave Chappelle for teaching white people what skeet skeet means. <laughs> he has that bit on a fucking, maybe it's not in a special, I can't remember, but when he was like, White people know what skeet skeet means now. It means to come on someone, if you didn't know that. In that song, when they say, all skeet skeet motherfuckers, that means dudes coming on the heads of women. (laughs) He says that in a song. (laughs) Uh, Dave Chappelle taught white people what that means. I didn't know what that means until I saw Dave Chappelle laugh at white people for not knowing what it means and then inadvertently ruin the joke for all the black people. Isn't that interesting? Dave Chappelle's kind of like... Like, um, what's the word? He's like not selling out black culture, but he is like, uh, what's the word? Like when you're, he's like mining it. He's like, uh, it's unsustainable what he's doing. Like when we extract coal out of the earth and it's good for now, you burn it for energy, but it's, it's not sustainable. Dave Chappelle, your comedy is unsustainable for black people. What am I fucking talking about? But he is kind of like, you know, only one black dude gets to make that joke in front of white people. And all the black people laugh because they go, ha, 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 you don't know what skeet skeet means. But it's like, well, now they do. So, you know, the joke's over. But I mean, I guess they got to laugh. They probably loved it. They laugh at us and then they can make up new words that we don't know, right? (laughs) Why do white people never get to make up? Well, I mean, like, (laughs) black people have, like, fucking words and things like that. This is in America I'm talking now. This is very general. But like, you know, black culture have words like that and then laugh at white people for not knowing what those words mean. But white people never seem to have those words, do we? That we make up and then black people are like, wait, what's that? I guess because they don't care. (laughs) Maybe that's some sort of like residual shame thing from slavery where it's like, we want to know that they're like the cool kids now on the playground and we want to know all the shit that it is that they're doing. Why am I trying to speak on this when I'm not even American? I've never been to America. I didn't grow up in America. I don't know anything about the fucking culture. It's the thing, right? You get exposed to a lot of American culture and like media and shit. And then suddenly you feel uh, like qualified to speak on like American society. But it's like, I'm not at all just because I listen to fucking the Joe Rogan podcast. (laughs) Watch a bit of comedy. Never fucking been there. Anyway, skate skate means to come on someone's head, all right? <clears throat> Which is like bukkake. That's our word for it, but we nah, maybe we're too liberal with the thing. Maybe because everyone knows what bukkake means. White words. <laughs> there it is. White word. We do have our own words. It's called the dictionary. <laughs> oh, God. That's like... That's like when dudes go, why is there no women's studies? And girls go, yeah, it is. It's called history. (laughs) Why are there no white words that black people want to find out? No, there are. We teach them to them in white fucking schools because they're 
they have been made to integrate into our society. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's so fucked. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Fuck, that's a very brutal realization. Um, oh, I can't believe I just I I just came up with that on the spot, and I didn't have to go away and think about it. That's kind of wild, isn't it? Oh, anyway, what was I fucking talking about? Oh, yeah, there was that song that skeet skeet motherfuckers boom 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 whatever song playing on, at Womad, and I was like, oh, that's a bit on the nose, isn't it? That's not really the vibe that we're going to. Well, that's why all the fucking hemp wearing tie-dye motherfuckers are leaving in their droves because they don't want to hear fucking 2000s R&B playing over a, like, like in a forest, you know? Um, anyway, we jumped the fence and then within like 30 seconds, dude was like, we jumped the fence in the same spot and then, you know, security guard came and like shined the light and was just like, oh, let's see your wrists and we just gave up straight away. We we're like, sorry, man, like put our hands up in the air and he like walked behind us and that... Man, I mean, jumping in is exhilarating as shit. It's so much fun. But that moment when you get caught, it just immediately, my dick just goes inside myself. And I'm just like, oh, it's so embarrassing, you know? Do you feel like a fucking child? I was like, yes, I was jumping the fence. No, I didn't buy a ticket. Yes, I was trying to effectively steal from you. And it's those moments when you start trying to rationalize, you know, you're like, oh, fuck that festival, man. Like mum said they jacked the prices for beers up by a dollar per beer this year. And fucking, oh, this is true, right? They, um, you can't get like disposable plastic cups anymore, which is very cool. But in doing that, I guess the higher ups have like figured out like, oh, there's a bit more money to be made here. So you get this reusable plastic cup and you buy it for a deposit but the deposit is $3 and the return is $2. So you fucking are paying for their cups, the fucking cunts. And they're smaller than the old cups and they're fucking more expensive. Like the beers are also more expensive. So it's a beer is nine bucks. The cup is three bucks. You get two bucks. So a beer is 10 bucks. It used to be eight bucks and you would get more beer. God fucking damn it, man. That's what I mean about the festival kind of losing its way a little bit. Is it used to be, it used to really feel hippie run. And, uh, and it's kind of like slapdash and a bit haphazard in the, in the execution. But there's a, a trust behind there from the people buying the tickets that like these people are really trying to do the best they can with the money that they got. And they're not trying to fuck us out of all of our money. But as it's become a bigger and bigger thing, it's like, you know, it's really, it's really, um, it's turning into a bit of a money-making machine, which is a bummer. <clears throat> but anyway, we got kicked out on Sunday night. We were, dude was walking us out, and I just, I just grabbed my friend Tuesday's hand. Her friend, her name's Tuesday, by the way. Um, there's always a conversation about it. I can't be fuck going into it now because I see the light in her eyes diminish a little bit every every time someone's like, "Oh, Tuesday, it's like an interesting name," and she just goes in and like, "Oh, it's yeah." Oh, it's fucking, my brother's called Wednesday. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, I started, like, kind of grabbed her hand and we were, like, walking a bit ahead and I was just like, fuck, and I don't even want to look at this dude in the eye anymore. And we walked out and I, I was like, it really put a fucking buzzkill on my night, you know? I just, I just felt fucking embarrassed. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking about before. Like, that's the point when you start to rationalize and be like, fuck this festival, it's a money-making machine. We should be able to jump. Like, fuck you. When it's like, no, idiot, you're still trying to get something for free. You still did the wrong thing. You're not justified to steal from someone just because they're kind of rotting 
a system against you as well, you know, try and be better and fucking fix them rather than lead by example, be the change you want to see in the world, do unto others as you would have others do unto you, etc, etc, etc. So that was Saturday, Sunday, then yesterday, fuck man. So uh, my mate Lewis and um, this girl crashed at his place, they were... I hit him up and was like, hey, do you want to jump like the day before? Do you want to jump on Monday? Because that was the last day of the festival. We didn't have shows that night. Great. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, me and this girl Alyssa will come and we'll we'll um, jump the fence with you. Um, but then they were like taking ages to get ready. So I just went by myself and I had a couple of mates, Clara and Austin, in the festival. Um, and I was like, sick, you guys can be like scouts for me, be on one side of the fence and I'll get to the other side and they can like scope the guard situation out. Cause I was going to jump at like three in the afternoon so I could get the whole day, you know? Um, and I get there and I've got like five beers in my bag and I'm ready to jump. And I've got like the memory of the night before kind of ringing in my ears. Like I remembered the embarrassment of it. And it kind of, like, if I'd not gone on Sunday and had just skipped that and gone on Monday, I don't know whether I would have been better off because I, it did put me in a bit more of a cautious place having been caught, you know? To be like, all right, don't fuck this up because it is going to be embarrassing. And also it'll ruin my plans for the whole day, right? And I've got beers in my bag. What if they search my bag? It's daytime, rah, rah, rah. Like, you know, all those things. But then maybe it also would have been easier if I didn't go on Sunday because I just would have been more bold. And I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I think I was a bit more cautious and like just kind of scared because I remembered getting caught in the embarrassment the night before. So... I meet my friends, uh, well, I, like, call them, and they're on one side of the festival. I'm on the outside, they're on the inside, and they're like, oh, dude, you might need to, like, go around the other side to um, the other fence because there's a bunch of guards here, and we're about to hang up the phone, and they were like, oh, no, wait, someone just jumped the fence, and all the guards just ran off chasing them, and I was like, fuck, yes, they did, um, and I was walking, like, down the bottom side of the festival where there's this bit of fence that's, like, near the guard tents. So I'm guessing there were, like, usually guards there, but they all ran off to chase these fence jumpers. And I looked around and I couldn't see a guard anywhere. I had full view of, like, the whole, like, 180-degree view on the other side of the fence. So I just fucking didn't even throw my bag over. I just had it on me and just jumped over the fence with my bag on, walked off into the festival didn't have a wristband and they were kicking people out that didn't have wristbands. So I sat under this tree around like where all these kids were playing and just kind of hid myself until my friends came and found me, gave me a wristband. Um, it was the wrong color. It was for Sunday instead of the, it was like pink one for Sunday instead of the red one for the whole weekend. But I had a red, um, a red fucking band aid, and, uh, I like stuck it over that, put it real tight. So most of the pink was hidden. And fucking set my mind at ease. Done. We're in the festival. Lewis and Alyssa jumped later on as well. Their mate Maddie jumped. Um, we all just had an amazing day at this festival. Saw a bunch of cool music. Got some food. Drank a bit. All this kind of stuff. I caught up with some old mates, you know. And then the last part of the day. Incredible, right? So I'd heard about it. It was like, um, I, I think it was just called The Angels. It was in French though. It was like something, something, and then like Les Angels. I can't remember what the first two words for were, but like mum was telling me about it on the previous night. So what they would do at the end of every night at the main stage, they had all these cables, like, um, you know, like flying fox cables running uh, over the main stage, like four or five different ones, or maybe like even 10, going at all these different angles. 
and people would dress up in all white like angels and like paint their faces and feathers and then they would go along the cables they were like tied to them so they could kind of um like they were harnessed to them and their harnesses were running along the cables so they could like walk along them or like zip line all the way down them and then they all had bags of bleached white feathers and they were just throwing those feathers out onto everyone so mum was telling me about this and she <laughs> the funny thing was she was like there's a bit of pushback from um you know like the vegan community around Walmart which is obviously fairly big because it's a world music festival with a lot of hippies and whatever um <laughs> and uh mum was like it's beautiful it's amazing this thing like you got to see it and i could see all the feathers strewn about the festival in the day um because obviously they weren't going to get cleaned up there was like heaps of them um and uh yeah mum said like all these vegan groups people were going like Oh my God, Wormad, can't believe you would do this to us. This is awful. Why don't you just drench us with animal blood? <laughs> and uh, they, they went to such lengths to treat the feathers. So they were like allergen free, um, like bleached and completely safe and healthy. No one was going to have bad reactions, nothing. But still people were like, I, I guess my thought was like, if you're a vegan, if you've not eaten meat for so long and you've worked hard to mentally condition yourself to consider animals as complete equals to humans, the idea of having animal feathers thrown over you would be pretty fucking repulsive on like a visceral level, you know? No, it's not like a practical thing. It is more just like, I mean, if you fucking peeled off a bunch of people's skin and treated it with antibacterial shit so it was safe and then put it in a cheese grater and like grated it over the top of people's heads, told them it was skin, they'd still be bummed, right? Even if you're like, no, it's safe. They'll be like, yeah, but that's human skin. This is horrific. <laughs> I guess that's how those people saw it. But fuck you, man. It's not human skin. They're chickens, all right? They're not humans. They can't play chess, Okay. Chickens are worse than humans, absolutely. If you had it to, Sophie's Choice would be a different movie if one of those kids was a chicken. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, kill the chicken. Oh, I don't even care. Fuck yeah, I want to keep my kid. He's going to get a job, fucking pay for my retirement home, uh, talk to me when I'm sad, laugh with me. Can chickens laugh? Pfft, absolutely not. Tell me when you've ever had a joke with a chicken. Fucking never. No, chickens are way worse than humans, and they taste fucking good. I'm assuming dick tastes worse than chicken. <laughs> anyway, so fucking, that was the thing, right? All these feathers coming down, and it started, so the last act, Thievery Corporation, finished last night, and then they were like, we've got one more surprise for you, and I was like, oh, this is the thing. And I laid down on the floor, and my friends like laid down on the floor with me, so we were just looking up. It was dusty, but I was drunk, and I didn't really care. Um, and it was late at night. And uh, a few of the, like, there were spotlights on, right? And a few of these angels started, like, going along the wires and throwing out a few feathers. And it was nice, but, it, like, it was a little bit like, oh, is this it? You know, it was very slow build-up, and there was this music going along with it. And there were a few more and a few more, and I was like, oh, that's, like, all the angels that there are, you know, I couldn't see any more like hiding in the darkness anywhere. And then, um, and then like this big white, like inflatable baby with wings came along and I was like, is that full of feathers? But it was like, nah, it's just a big baby. 
but the music was getting more and more loud and intense and the lights went from just being spotlights to like fading up so the whole stage was illuminated and then this one dude came in this massive would have been like four meter long cage suspended on uh, the wire going from the top of the stage all the way across the middle down to the back and it was full of feathers and the dude was just dumping them out as fast as he could and there was like no he was never going to get them all out that's how many feathers there were in there it was just like just fucking dumping them out and then all the people that were up high came down off their harnesses onto the ground and had like like fucking leaf blowers or something just blowing feathers like up into the air and it was like the ground was coated with feathers like a foot deep and fucking me and this girl Maddie were just like lying on the floor and like making feather angels and we were like completely covered in feathers. At one point I was like, oh, we should totally kiss right now. And we fucking made out in this bed of feathers and everyone was like fucking singing and dancing and laughing around us. It was like a euphoria. It was incredible. And there was like, at one point we were covered with feathers except for our faces lying on the floor. And this fucking little girl, this like five-year-old girl or something, was walking by with her mom and they were laughing and like holding hands. And the little girl turned to us and was just like, Mommy, are they people? And I just poked my face out from the feathers and was like, Yeah, they're people. (laughs) And they just fucking started laughing. The little girl like threw a handful of feathers on my face and ran away. Oh my God. It was one of the most magical things I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. It was incredible. (sighs) so that was last night and that was the weekend you know (laughs) at one point I was just like dude you do you understand that we are lying on the floor right now and then me and Maddie just started laughing you know god damn it man that was a way they got up on stage afterwards and there was just like 15 of these angels and then some guy in like a Hawaiian shirt looked like a fucking funky physics professor you know um, evidently he was like the dude, I, I feel like he was probably the artistic director of the thing or something. And they all just got on stage and bowed and everyone was like, yes, fuck yes. Oh, what a weekend, man. I hope you guys are good. Um, that's it for me. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you've liked this, um, check out, I got one more week of shows in Adelaide at the Adelaide Fringe. I've got Melbourne coming up. That's big. From the 28th of March to the 7th of April. If you're in Melbourne, buy tickets for those. Um, go onto my page, AJ Taco, on Facebook. And please share the review that I got from the clothesline. I got a four and a half star review. Share that. Um, especially if you live in Melbourne. But really just fucking anyone. Share that, please. So I can get more traction on the paid post that I did on Facebook for that. Um, And other than that, thank you guys for listening. Uh, This has been Sitting Under a Tree. I've been Aiden Taco Jones. Have a fucking great week. I'll see you next week. Peace.